It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Sigo, Ani, bonjour. I'm Kathy Sabokin, and you're listening to Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. I'm filling in today for David Moses, and my guest is from the Shaw Festival, actor Chris Bowman. Chris, welcome. Hi, hi. Thanks, Thanks for so having much. me. How was the drive-in from Niagara on the oh, lake? smooth and easy. It was just lovely. I'm still basking from that Raptors win, so I'm, you know, top of the moon. Right. I was going to ask, are you a fan? I am I am a fan of any Toronto sports team. I try and support locally because I'm a Parkdale kid, so I was really excited. But the fact that we have, like, a winning Toronto sports team was really wild, so... I'll admit to jumping on that bandwagon and uh, yeah, to say that they brought back the championship is just amazing. Yeah. Was there any sort of Jurassic Park in Niagara on the Lake area? We found our little pockets at Jurassic Park. You know, they weren't big, but they were powerful. And when you have a group of actors who are all supporting, it's really loud. Very loud. Yeah, oh, yeah, this very is loud. Good. This we're is not good. a subtle creature. Yes. Was there any moment in the game when you. The nerves kicked in, just kind of like, like when you're acting and the nerves kicked in. Uh, well, those last, that last, what, say 16, 19 seconds were, were pretty brutal, but you just, you, you have faith. And also, I mean, we had that game seven as a pocket, but I had every faith that they'd be able to pull out the win and I wasn't disappointed. And they they did it. Yeah. I know. It was, yay. It's so <laughs> exciting for everyone. Yeah. I know. Now, before we dive into what you're doing right now at Shaw Fest, which is fantastic. I've been to Shaw Festival many times. It's, it's such a nice day just to drive there, get out of Toronto for the mm-hmm. day, and watch some very fine, fine work. Yeah, Niagara on the Lake is a beautiful experience. It's just such a... Like, it's a really, really picturesque little town. You know, they've got the horses and the, the drawn buggies and stuff like that and flowers and parks everywhere. And you've got the you've got the river and you've got but uh, everything. It's just such a lovely, like, walking around space. And to be able to, like, saunter to the theater after lunch or dinner and then see some really, really incredible stuff on the stages. I, I didn't know about it specifically before I started working there. I had heard of it, certainly, but I had never making my way to Niagara-on-the-Lake to, you know, see anything. And then I didn't. I just was dumbfounded at the quality and the, the grandeur of some of the pieces that they were doing. It was incredible. It's such a brilliant well, Tell thing. us about your journey leading up to Shaw Festival. How did I, you land there? I, I feel like I fell bass-ackwards into it. It was just this, wouldn't call it a random series of events, but... I'm, I come from uh, uh, an improv background, Second City, and I trained there for a long time, and I worked there for a little shy of a decade of just doing their education company and their family company, their touring company. And uh, once that, because there's only so far you can go with that, and then eventually I stopped, and then I, had, I was a bit rudderless. And uh, after a series of unfortunate events, I found myself just sort of uh, meandering, but a friend of mine who, uh, uh, Ryan Cunningham, who at the time I think was the artistic director of the Native Center for Performing Arts, he had put my name forward for uh, a play at Can Stage. And I auditioned and I got it. And I was, oh, that's fantastic. Um, and when I left that, that gave me enough credit because not a lot of um, improvisers and sketch uh, performers can even get auditions at places like Shaw or Stratford or anything because we're not 
often maybe not potentially considered real actors because we practice such a different kind of comedic art. Different craft altogether, Yeah, right? it's considered a very different craft, and you don't necessarily have to be a great actor to be a great sketch comedian or improviser. And so that gave me enough clout to audition for Shaw. And then I auditioned for Shaw and you know, shot it to the moon. And then I got a call back in October and then I got cast. And next thing you know, I was in one of the largest rep theaters in North <laughs> what America. What was that like? Um, <laughs> that prospect of like uh, where they say, oh, when you lie on your resume and you get the job, it felt a lot like that. Not that I like lied on my imposter syndrome oh, kind of thing going Jersey on. Jersey Shore, I was terrified. I just <laughs> had that moment of being like, okay, but thank God for improv of just, you don't get all the information and go and make choices. And, you know, I accepted uh, very quickly that this was a gift and it that it was just work really hard. If you work super hard and try your best and you fail spectacularly, failing spectacularly is something that, they teach where they go fail spectacularly. And if you're okay with that, if you succeed, oh my God, that's just a bonus. And so I went and I just went full bore and I studied as hard as I could. And so it was terrifying. But like that community at the Shaw Festival is extraordinary. I couldn't have been more grateful to go from a place. Uh, improv is also very very communal they're really like the toronto improv community is one of the best i've ever experienced in my life uh and they're so because you're going up and you have no idea what you're doing you right. look at your partner and you're so locked in because it's just like it's you and me together total like, trust total trust let's let's do this together and then you get to the shaw festival and it's a different monster but everybody's very much about lifting each other up and being like no we want the best out of you so what what do you need from me? What can I do to help you? Do you need, you know, help running lines? Do you need to know what this is or what that is? Any questions that I had because I lacked a lot of, uh, I felt I lacked a lot of stagecraft in the sense of like I had never played really to like a thousand seat theater. I did, but it was again improv. I was, you know, playing a, a pregnant penguin or something like that where you're doing this preposterous scene, whereas you're acting across from somebody who was Juliet, was actually Juliet at Stratford or something, and you're kind of going, oh, Lord, you really know how to command this you, stage. You know, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to steal from you for a little I'm while. I'm improvising mine. Yeah. yeah. My acting today. But obviously it's more than that. Well, take us through a day. Take us through a training day at Stratford, or at Shaw. Sorry, what, what happens? At the Shaw Festival? Right. Um a, a typical day, well, certainly right now that we're in process, I'm in process for both my shows, uh, The Lady Killers and Sex. And uh, a typical day, I I wake up, I will go to the gym, make sure that my body's raring to go because you can be demanded so much of physically. So you you do your physical warm-up, you do your vocal warm-up, you get everything ready, you review your script. So you sit down, you're just running and just preparing yourself for like the emotional journey that you're about to go on for this specific person that you have, whose personality you have to, you know, put on in your brain. So you, you go up to work and then sign in and figure out what, what's going to happen. Your stage manager will go, okay, we're going to work on that scene. Um, you know, if it's the lady killers, it's, I'm going to put on a preposterous English accent and a mustache and, you know, speak to a, a delightful old person that you know she who who thinks that the the local news agent's a high-ranking Nazi, and you just sort of like no, 
you know, talk her down off that ledge. Or I'll go into sex with Peter Hinton, who's extraordinary, but it's a, a scene where my my partner, who also happens to be uh, my prostitute, and mine as in I'm the pimp, and she's she's threatening to leave me, and I'm telling her that I'll kill her if she doesn't. Ooh, that's intense. Well, this, it's the gift of the variety of, of uh, uh, roles that I get to play, but it's to mentally prepare yourself for, okay, so this moment uh, you're going to, like, you don't necessarily want to attack her. You want to try and coax her into staying. And, yeah, getting that kind of direction and, and uh, being malleable to it, um, so you're doing that, and then you have lunch, and then you, you know, you might have a little, a few hours off, and go to a fitting, and somebody puts on this amazing costume on you. Like that might be one of my favorite. That's so exciting, right? You get these wonderful seamstress, seamstresses. I don't know. That's not the, the generic oh, term. I, I, don't I know mean, what, I, costume I, makers, costume designers, costume designers. Artists, they're, they're, yeah, and yeah, who studied the history of it. It's amazing. Attention into every detail. Yeah, I, I, I get floored by it. Like again, I'm bless, bless the second city where they were very much like, oh, you do, uh, you know, like, oh, you're playing a doctor, and you're like, yeah, can I have like a stethoscope? And they're like, no, you can mime, <laughs> you know, like you could, you can might be able to have a lab coat, but then you go to a place like the Shaw Festival, and the quality that they do because they've done so much, so much research and. Not only that, but like they bring all of their passion to it. Like they get so excited. They nerd out the way that we nerd out about uh, a great script or a great character. They're like, oh my God, I get to make this this thing with a pamphlet over skirt thing. And I'm like, clearly I know a lot about design and fashion. Um, uh, they get to do all these incredible things and they fit it and tailor it to your body. Last year I got to play... Uh, it was uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, and the Hound of the Baskervilles. And I got to play the last of the Baskervilles. Hank, or Henry, call me Hank Baskerville, who was a long-lost relative from Canada, no doubt. And uh, But he falls into all of this money, so I got to dress basically as a lord. So I got all of these custom-tailored suits that were gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> they nice. Were, they were gorgeous, and they fit me perfectly, but... Not off the rack, just like straight up three-piece suits that were these incredible Made materials for you. that were literally tailored for me, tuxedos and everything. And it just, but I, I, I don't think that there's anything, um, when you're crafting a character, there's a lot that's in your head and there's a lot that you have to hold in your head and your heart uh, while you're learning who they are. And it, it, I don't find it that it's until they give you that costume, that wardrobe, that you put it on and you look at yourself in the mirror and all of a sudden, you know, Chris Bowman is gone and now it's just Constable McDonald or Rocky Waldron, my character in sex, and you look and you go, oh, that's who you are. Is it like the final finishing touch? It's, okay, I, it, now I am the character. It comes in increments because at first they go, okay, let's get your measurements and it's going to kind of look like this and uh, the designer will uh, show you uh, a sketch, like a little, just a drawing and go, this is kind of what I'm thinking for you. And then these amazing designers will go and they they take it and they run with it. And then they add their own elements and their own touches. And then it comes back and it just incrementally. But now we're, we've just started previews for the Lady Killers. So I've just finished my second preview. My third one's tomorrow. Uh, and sex, we're doing our first like dress rehearsal is on Sunday. And so that'll be really the first time I'll get to see all of the elements. 
And yeah, there is something about as soon as you put it on, you just wash away and you go, okay, you're like, I, I take the thoughts and I take what's in my spirit and what's in everything. And then you put the mask of that kind of costume on and you go, yep, that's the character. And it's amazing. But like that amortized over uh, like, you know, seven shows, eight shows, nine shows, like these huge. You're no longer Chris Bowman ever. No. Not till sometime in the fall. Yeah. At some point when they, when the the curtain drops and I get to, to put it all to bed and there's such a, yeah, it's a, it's such a gift because that's why I got into acting is I always liked characters. I always liked being other people and being a chameleon because Chris Bowman's, he's a fine human, you know, but, but I mean, to be able to play a cop and why in not one be more than and one a, and a pimp in another show and oh. I understudy like a, 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 a oh, you a, understudy a, as well. Oh yeah. 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 I, they I, keep I, you hopping in Shaw. Oh yeah. I was going to say you, you want that paid work. You gotta, you gotta earn that check. So no it's, kidding. but it, I mean, all those duels, but it's, all those dues. it's the, uh, but what a gift, you know, like I get to understudy in getting married and I play an alderman and, uh, to, to be able to. Uh, getting married is is a Bernard Shaw piece, and to learn Bernard Shaw's work, and I got to understudy in Saint Joan, and like any opportunity, if you want to be an actor, to any actor out there, go and study scripts. Just pick up a script and learn it, and study it, and cast yourself in one of the parts, and then learn one of the parts. And the more scripts, as anything else, the better you're going to get at interpreting it. The better you're going to get at using your imagination and being able to craft something like that. Well, you're listening right now to Moment of Truth. I'm Kathy Sabokin, filling in for David Moses and my guest today from the Shaw Festival, actor Chris Bowman. Well, I'm just wondering, how do you memorize all of those lines? Because you're doing understudy, mm-hmm. and then you're doing the play Sex and the play The Lady Killers. Yes. How do you bounce that around? Three different, a lot of parts of the brain going on there. I, um, I guess I would say I've been very... Uh, uh, blessed uh you know the creator made me and he went uh, all right uh, uh wow i thought i'd be more t- articulate about this but um oh, it's getting very emotional about memorizing lines Chris. i do i guess so i touched a, upon well actually that's the idea is i don't memorize it in the way of a lot of people look at it far more um maybe line intellectually by line, yeah, line right. by line as opposed to what i consider uh most of my intelligence is emotional uh I don't have a lot of uh, academia as a background. I didn't go to theater school and I didn't do particularly well in school. Um, But a lot has happened in my life that I can recognize emotional turns, which is all plays really are. It's just that human interaction between falling in love with somebody or wanting revenge or feeling betrayed or what have you. And I'm, I could say it's, I've, have been many gifts and challenges in the sense of like, I know those emotions. So, Putting those markers in when memorizing a script is a little less challenging. So rather than going line by line, like yeah. you mentioned, you're going, how does this feel here? And then the yeah. words make sense. Yeah, it's it's more of uh, what am I trying to do to the other person? What's the uh, what's the conflict? What What is this scene about? And then going through and putting down what I call the spirit of the line rather than the letter of the line. Right. Now, the letter of the line is when you have it word perfect right on the nose, which is always the ambition because you pay honor to the author. Sure. Uh, which is paramount. And, you know, with pieces like some Bernard Shaw and 
all of Shakespeare, there will be somebody in that audience who knows the letter of the line. And if you use a instead of the, then they'll call it out. But you get the spirit of the line and then figure that out. Um, that's kind of how I work. But that being said, yeah, it has to work. You start line by line and I put it down in an emotional place and then go from one page and then I run that page again and I run that page again once I've gotten that first page down correctly twice. After I've read the full scene once, you get the first page down, you get it down twice, get it down three times, and then you go to the second page and you get that one down. Then you put page one and two together and then you go to the third page and you get down. And once that one's down three times correctly, you go back to the first page and then you, and you just stitch it all together and you go through all the plays like that. And my first season here, I was understudying four people, two people in a shop. Oh my goodness. It, it was the most, it, that was the most, uh, we were talking about trial by fire recently. And uh, that was maybe one of the most challenging experiences of my life of by the end of the season, because I also did something called the director's project. And the Shaw Festival has this amazing thing where they, they allow these intern directors to direct a piece and using the the talent at Shaw. And I've gotten the, I've had the pleasure of doing it the two seasons that I've been there at, at the Shaw Festival. And it's been this incredible thing. But that first season I got asked to do it and I read the piece and it was extraordinary and I just, I couldn't pass it up. So I ended up memorizing by the end of the season, I had five plays memorized and 11 characters in my head. That's amazing. And that includes... Talk about chameleon. Well, you, you just... It, it's, you know, it's a problem I call too much cake, where everybody loves cake, and it's it's a great thing to have. It's, it's these champagne problems of, uh, I've been gifted with all of this work and all of this opportunity, and now you just have to keep it down and try and, and, try and be prepared. Because if there's one thing I know about understudies, it's... If you're not prepared, you're gonna get you're gonna get the call, and it's like buying insurance. Of course, insurance. that's when you get it. Yeah, yeah. it's like right. You... Yeah, it's buying insurance. You want to know that everything's gonna go fine on a holiday? Get insurance. If you really want to take that risk, and almost certainly something's gonna go left, don't. And to not be prepared for something, I'm always. I just I can hear you know I can hear the gods laughing and just being like, oh okay, All yeah. Right. You don't want to memorize that script? You want to go out with your friends? Cool, bro. Cool. Because tomorrow you're oh, going to be doing this show. Yeah, I was going to say, you're going to get a phone yeah. call and you're going to pick it up and you're going to have one bloodshot eye and you, huh? they're going to go, yeah, you're on uh, something's, you know, X, Y, right. and Z has happened. Oh, okay. And then the audience, you mentioned the audiences will pick up on individual words. I oh, didn't yeah. realize audiences are that savvy. I guess going to Shaw Festival. Well, I mean. Diehards there. Yeah, that's the thing about theater goers. Bless, I mean. It's why I'm such a big proponent of theater. If you're not, if you don't take the opportunity to go and see a show, see something live theater, I recommend it so thoroughly because um, it you get hooked. You know, like it, you'll go and you'll see something and it'll move you, and and you see this slice of life, and it just kind of it moves the mercury, and and then you get caught and you do it again and again. But we have these people who come to the Shah who have been doing it for I don't know eight decades <laughs> and so yeah they might have seen you know dancing at lunasa and they might have seen that seven or eight times and so they know the words or like the people when you have especially shaw pieces um they know the arguments they know the intellectual arguments and they've heard them before and they look forward to them and they study them and so yeah you get those you get it right yeah well, we're going to take a little bit of a break. You're listening to Moment of Truth on 106.5 LMNFM in Toronto. 
95.7 in Ottawa, and on the Radio Player Canada app, or on our website, elementfm.ca. That's E-L-M-N-T-F-M dot C-A. I'm Kathy Sabokin, filling in for David Moses. My guest today, Shaw Festival actor, Chris Bowman, and we will be right back after this. Welcome back to Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and on the Radio Player Canada app and our website, elementfm.ca. That's E-L-M-N-T-F-M dot C-A. I am Kathy Sabokin, filling in today for David Moses. And my guest today, Shaw Festival actor, Chris Bowman, hi, hi. who hails from Parkdale in Toronto. You know where we are simulcast in Ottawa. I know. Have I you know. spent any time in Ottawa? I've had the pleasure once or twice. My cousins are in Ottawa, so shout out to, to David and Michael and Jenny. Have they been to see you at Shaw Festival? They have not. I try not to take that personally because they keep getting married and making babies, and apparently that that takes gets up, in the way. That takes up right? time. Blah, blah, blah. And right now you're in two plays I am. and an understudy. So one is called The Lady Killers. Just tell us about the play. General uh, plot. Okay, general plot of The Lady Killers. It takes place uh, in 1956 in London, and it's about five criminals who convince a sweet semi-senile old lady that they're musicians so that they can rent one of her rooms in her house, which is right next to King's Cross uh, uh, Railway Station, so that they can rob a security van. And now it's a big question of uh, will they or won't they get away with it? That's The Lady Killers, and it is a preposterous show. And this is a George Bernard Shaw. No, this not, is not a no, no, Shaw this play. is a, this is a, this Who's is a, the playwright. Oh, I'm going to embarrass myself by saying I don't know the playwright offhand. It's a uh, No, um, I no, I've got you covered. Oh, thank goodness. This is a macabre comedy caper. And the let's see, I have to uh, the shelf of projection of Graham Lineman's stage adaptation. That's the one. That's it. <laughs> I got it covered. Got it covered. I, yeah. I all I can say is it's a, a farce and it is ballistically hilarious. Uh, and this was a it was a film, a British film. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me fill you in on the show you're I, in. I was gonna say yeah. It okay. Was... It was on the West End in London. And then now it's at the Shaw Festival, but it's an adaptation from the film. Yeah, it's the North American premiere. It's the first time it's been over the pond. I don't know what I think of British farce, though. I think that's a certain, it's a certain it's, genre. It's a certain. It might be like some people, you, you love it or hate it. I find it maybe like slapstick uh, in the sense of like, if you love slapstick, it's great. And if you don't love slapstick, like this is a really dumb comedy and i don't say that in a sense of any condensa- uh, condensation Con- condescension right um it like, just is. I, I love very stupid humor i love really really ridiculous it's a really really well performed very very preposterous uh scenario that's because we've got people like a a cross-dressing major and a sociopathic romanian and a drug you know a drug addicted uh, a person who's a kleptomaniac like the characters in this piece are absolutely ridiculous and you put them all together and then you crank it up to a thousand and it's it's so funny and it's so fast-paced but i would think that the timing on this has to be really precise spot on because if it's not yeah 
the audience loses it, right? Well, yeah, it's uh, that's the thing about comedy. And again, the, the reason I started in, in improv and sketch and, and to learn comedy and those chops is because the timing on it, timing for anything is is so paramount and so crucial. But, but comedy is so laser focused that you have to be so key and specific with what you're doing or else, yeah, like you said, the audience will get lost in your ambiguity. But if you're if you're making a wrong decision, you need to do it with all the confidence in the world. And that way, the audience will be in on the joke. It's that I always think of John Cleese, like if if you're going to fall in the mud and that's going to be the joke, you want to make sure you're wearing a suit and that your shirt is ironed. You want to make sure that your status is as high as humanly possible. And if there's one thing I'm certain about my day, it's that I'll never fall into mud. And that is the one thing I know is certain about my day. And that when it happens, the audience and everybody loses their minds because you lost everything. And I love that. So, and we have such incredible people on that stage right now. And we've got uh, Tim Carroll at the helm of it. And it's just the set, everything about it. Yeah. yeah, I'm just reading about the set, a cramped jungle gem of a Victorian house. It's this tiny, it's this tiny, crooked, very skewed, really quirky house uh, that it, it's this beautiful, beautiful piece. But it, that house does as much as any character in that show. Does someone actually kill someone? Is it called the Lady Killers? Um, Without spoiling it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, without no. spo- I won't spoil it at okay, all by saying somebody it. dies, but people die. Yeah. Yeah. People it's, die. Uh, okay. Yeah. Do you have to speak with a British accent? I do. Okay. I do. I get to. Can get we to... hear a little bit of that? Oh. I could throw you right into it here. Yeah. Let's dive into the deep end. Um, I've got a bit of. Um, I've got. Oh, you have to picture this with a really preposterous mustache. Okay. Um, which is maybe one of my favorite elements of the show. And, uh, you know, I play uh, Constable McDonald. Um, and I'm uh, not Scottish, but um, I speak to uh, the lovely Mrs. Wilberforce, who makes a bit of outrageous claims, you know, um, oh, right, uh, aliens are attacking sort of thing. And you just go, oh, is that really true? And it, oh, maybe it was just a radio play. You know, she's she's a perfectly delightful um, person, but she is uh, a bit of a nuisance. But where you can't, you can't really yell at her. You just got to be, you know, pet her down. Treat her, I treat her like she's six. That's my key is I treat this delightful old person like she's a six-year-old who's just sort of like, there's a monster under my bed. And I'm just like, no, there isn't. Let me just talk you through this. And so when she gets met with the idea that there are these criminals living in her house, it's Hilarious. That was a great job with the accent. Oh, thank you for saying that. It was so. just a smooth transition. It was incredible. I'm trying. Right in there and then back to the Canadian. It's challenging without the mustache, but I managed you, to. You, you cranked that out. So if thank you. the lady killers. Yes. What type of audience would this appeal to? Um, if you have a heartbeat, uh, I think a that this would be. Beat. I mean, not for everybody. The dead might not get it. Um, no, I. I I think this this play should be seen by everybody, and that's not necessarily because I want to sell tickets. Go to shawfest.com. Um, it's mostly because I think it's a great play. Like I think this season at the Shaw Festival is the best, and I might be biased. I'm definitely biased, but... Well, you're, uh, right, you're right in the thick of it. But it just seems like a fun play. It's a really... Yeah, I think 
I think, you know, you look at the news and you feel like you age a hundred years every time you get done with it and you just kind of go, oh Lord. But go and see this really well-performed preposterous thing that can just, that you can just laugh at. You can sit back and you don't have to think about, you know, there are great shows that have, you know, some fantastic depth and they will, they will pull, uh, some really hard subjects and make you explore them. And we've got some fantastic plays that do that. But the Lady Killers, God love it, is not one of them. It is just one that you will, you stem the stern, you will look at and just laugh. You don't have to think. Yeah. It's I a like, re- we it's, need that. You that's we need what I'm those kind of. Yeah. It's a big bucket plays, of cotton candy. Just, and yeah. just, you know, it's, it's popcorn. And when you're done, you're like, that was so stupid. I'm so glad I came. <laughs> right. You know, you're not necessarily leaving dumber for having seen it. Right. You'll, you'll come right. and go, what a, what a great experience. Uh, because, yeah, like how often do we get to gift ourselves with that kind of great comedy? And again, there's something about seeing great comedy in, in uh, movies or what have you or television but going to see live comedy and when you feel the energy of the room and those actors and, and you see that set and those costumes, it's a different experience. It's like seeing live music versus listening to music on, on the radio. Exactly. It's, it's great to hear it on the radio. It's great to hear it when you're, when you're you know, listening to your music on your uh, phone. But the live experience. But that energy of a live experience and being with a group of total strangers in the dark hallucinating this hilarious <laughs> thing is such a gift. Now, the other play that you're in is called Sex. Yes. Yes, and. Yes. There's yeah. an improv line. Yes, yeah. and. Yes, and. Sex. It's good. Worth paying for. Um, <laughs> take that as you will. Uh, yes. It's, uh, sex is, uh, was written by uh, just a juggernaut of a woman, uh, Mae West, as you might be familiar with. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, I was going to say, she was, a, she was a spitfire, that one. Um, and it was uh, such a scandalous play that she actually ended up getting arrested for it. Uh, so did the rest of the cast, because at the time in the 1920s, it was unheard of to have something like that, let alone be called that. They couldn't even publish the name of the play. For sure. Which was such a great advertising uh, technique, right, to, to name the play sex. And that way they couldn't talk. So, oh, Mae West's latest play, whose name uh, shall not be mentioned here. And then when she, when all the actors got arrested, and it was like forty something actors. Uh, oh, that's great! I yeah. love that. Well, I was going to say when everybody, if, we, if the police yeah. descended upon the Shaw Festival and just arrested everyone in the show, if the Lady Killers was so much, and yes, and everybody that everybody on the stage in the middle of the show got arrested, uh, like what it did was crazy for publicity because the the show itself is is gritty and definitely very real and in. Um, What's the general premise of the story? The general premise is uh, there's a prostitute named Margie who has to navigate her life. And and we're talking in the 1926 red light district in Montreal is where the play starts. And it's giddy giddy up and go. Like as soon as that curtain comes up or the lights come up, it's, uh, you know, me yelling with a a thug who's trying to extort some money from me, my drug-addled of friend who's also a pimp is just writhing in in you know uh, he going through a withdrawal and, and then his prostitute comes in and it and it's her uh having to navigate all of these personalities who are all just trying to survive in this really really gritty situation that I don't think gets explored like certainly 
the lives of um, a lot of sex workers or anything like uh, that um, particular facet of life didn't get explored, certainly didn't get talked about in the 1920s. And Mae West was like, no, I'm going to write that and put it on a stage. Um, I like that. I like that woman. Yeah. Yes. And so it's, yeah, it's just about Margie's journey into finding a way out and what elements are uh, ingrained in her and uh, how to navigate all of that and the in intertwining of all of these lives and how they affect each other. It is yeah, well, it would, would you just define this as a drama, a tragedy, a comedy Ooh, um, mixed together? It, it's a mix. I mean, which I hate being vague about that because it's funny in the way like Breaking Bad had some funny moments. Sure did. But you would never call it a comedy. It was just a real story of a person who had a, this incredible journey of that has major doses of reality. Um and where it's navigating love in a in a, a abusive relationship, it's navigating survival by doing things that uh, maybe you don't want to do, or maybe uh, to take away the stigma of sex work of being something that you're you you don't mind doing and that you might be really great at, but the outside perception of what kind of a person or what kind of a soul you are because this is what you do. And then trying to find the love in that and the danger involved and the money and can you ever get away from your past and the decisions you make. It's that's the that's the journey of all of it. It is a truly uh, I keep using the word gritty, but it's just very real. It's a fresh uh, it's a fresh idea. I, I Totally different yeah. from the Lady Killers. It's, it's totally it's different. It's pretty kind of sort of different. Pretty sort of different. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a little break. You're listening to Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and on the Radio Player Canada app. And you can find us on our website, elementfm.ca. That's E-L-M-N-T-F-M dot C-A. I'm Kathy Sabokin, filling in for David Moses, my guest today, Shaw Festival actor Chris Bowman, and we're going to be back after this. Welcome back to Moment of Truth on 106.5 LMN FM in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and on the Radio Player Canada app. Our website is elementfm.ca. That's spelled E-L-M-N-T-F-M. I'm Kathy Sabokin filling in for David Moses, along with my guest today, Chris Bowman, Shaw Festival actor extraordinaire. Hi, hi. Aww. Yeah, now, one reason we invited you in, I mean, we love the Shaw Festival, but also because, as you know, we're an Indigenous-owned radio station. Yeah. And you have an Indigenous background yourself. Tell us about that. I Yeah, I do. Um, I, I, it's, I'm Haudenosaunee, Wendat. Uh, my my name is Nanda Gagizik Beneshi, which means sounding bird. I'm uh, Makwa Dodum, a bear clan, and I'm from the the Lake Simcoe region. I I was eight or nine, uh, maybe nine or ten, and I was going to school. And how it came about was I had no idea I was First Nations. It wasn't a thing, but we had something of a, an Ojibwe population in um, uh, Lake Simcoe, uh, and. I got, I got, there was a moment when somebody came into class and was just like, oh, you're, uh, you're, you're Indian. You're coming to, uh, Ojibwe class. And I was like, what? 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 But yeah, I had a moment of, I'm sorry, huh? And, uh, so I got pulled out of science class and brought into Ojibwe. And so though I'm 
Haudenosaunee. Oh, how, how did they, who? Um, I, it was something that was revealed to my mother and uh, from family. And then, because I don't think she had any idea either. And it was one of those things that we we started getting more involved with the community just as outsiders because we we love the First Nations community. And so when it was revealed like, oh, uh, my mother or my grandmother's uh, had that ancestry that we, uh, that it got told to her and then it got told to me. And so I just started learning uh, all about the Ojibwe culture and nation and language and things of that nature. and. I was in a place of, I had been brought up with, oh, this, is gonna, this might sound poor, but I, I was brought up with one of the, one of the Jesus ones, uh, like in the sense of I, I went to a church and then there was a, a, there was a cross and there was a- Oh, yeah, so you went a, to a Christian- a Christian or Catholic or one of okay. the, you know, um, and that, I never understood, uh, I never understood it. I never, I, like, none of it Couldn't resonated. identify, it, it didn't so resonate. It was so bizarre that, and, and again, I'm, whatever. Something I'm, in the DNA. I'm, I'm covering was, my bases by saying, like, if your religion makes you a better person and a non-judgmental and open-loving person, then... then whatever works. May, may, whatever works. But that didn't work for me, and I got very confused how grown adults could believe something like that, whereas when I went to for, uh, my classes at you know, Sutton with Mr. Stewart, uh, shout out Mr. Stewart. Um, you learn about the traditions of, you know, the earth is your mother and you come, you come from her and everything was here before you got here. So none of it belongs to you and everything has a spirit. And I knew that was true when I heard it the first time. And as I grow older as an adult and the more I still practice those principles of, of respect and uh, you know honesty and and prayer and gratitude to my creator, I recognize them as being just fundamentally true. Um, so that's that was my experience. So it was just something that I mean I'm and I'm a total mutt, uh, which I don't think is a I don't use that as any bad thing to to say about yourselves because you know mutts live longer, they're low stress, there, but like I'm. <laughs> I think a good part of my family is French, which is a, a language I don't speak. I think a good part of my family is Irish, which is a place I've never been. Um, you know, I think I've got like Dutch and Swedish and maybe Nordic. Like, I mean, very interesting. But it's a it's a smash grab of things that I cultures that I just don't know. Other than like, I can say I know white because I appear white, and um, so I know I I experience white privilege and things like that. So I get very. Um, in my spirit and in my heart, I know who I am, and I practice. You embraced things. you embraced your indigenous heritage. Yeah. It was yeah, it was just the, then, the way that made sense. But now you're also going to be performing at the Native Center for Performing Arts. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that. Well, I've been. Um, it, it took me a long time to really come to externalize my First Nations heritage in the sense of. I was always really afraid of being ostracized or judged by my community because I'm white appearing and to, to go in and go, no, 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 I'm Haudenosaunee and I'm proud of it. And, you know, to have a, to, to dance at powwows or to be free and let my spirit sing and, and dance is, was really challenging because I didn't feel I had earned it or, or there right. was some, there was some element that, that I had to, that I had to hold back. So eventually 
uh, at the behest of um, uh, Jessica Lee Fleming, shout out to Jessica, uh, at the Native Center for Performing Arts, I went and auditioned for the Wasagachuk Festival, which is a series uh, in November. If you get the opportunity, go to the Native Center for Performing Arts, which is a, another great institution, and they have First Nations stories um, that get performed by professional actors, and so they take them they, the, these plays and then they do a reading. They do a, a rehearsed reading of these plays. And so I got involved there uh, by doing the Wasagachuk, and that was really reinvigorating. And then you recognize that uh, the First Nations community is such a, again, such a, a lovely, um, very communal uh, tribe. Yeah, it sounds it, like they've embraced you they, as much as you've embraced your past. Yeah. Uh, it's great. And so we... Uh, so I got to work there for a, a couple of seasons, did a couple of the, the Wasagachuk festivals. Uh, and uh, I got uh, recently, I just uh, agreed to do the uh, Keith Barker's recent play, uh, Where We Come From. And uh, we'll be doing that in January. So, so you have saying. a gig for the winter. Oh, my gosh. Gotta, the gigs are coming. I was going to say, it's been a real blessing. There's something about any actor, any artist knows that feeling of, you, you know when work is coming up and to, to because this is an industry like you you basically have until your last gig and then it's just well back out of the airplane back into free fall and you just right. hope to stitch together but a I've read a that about uh, Hollywood actors who've won Academy Awards they're still oh, yeah. worried about their next job yeah I mean it's this industry uh, being an artist in any level is always just raccooning uh, it's just like you go and you forage and you look for work and you you plant a lot of seeds as far as like, I'm mixing my metaphors here. You you go and you you audition and you try and make work. You write, you do everything you can for the next job, um, which is, you know, one reason why the Shaw Festival has been such a gift is that it's it's a rep theater. So you're going for months, months and months, whereas a lot, most gigs last a week. If you're a day player on a TV show, it's a day. And so not knowing when your next job is coming is is challenging. But we as artists will always persevere because that's the thing we need to do for our spirit. And you hope that there will be to call it like funding and work and, 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 and money at the end of it so that you don't starve to death. Right. I have no, like, I don't care if I become rich and famous or whatever. I'd prefer just to become rich. I don't necessarily need that fame. Mm -hmm. But to go and have work, steady work, and for it to keep coming so that I can just keep getting it's better. It's your passion and oh my gosh, there's I, nothing better than just to work yeah. with, with your passions. That's, if you, you, know. you know, like they, what is that terrible cliche, but it's very honest. If you know, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your right. life, that kind of thing. Um, I will disagree with it. just in the sense of I, you I do make, a lot of hard work. I, I make myself work. You might For like sure. being a gardener, but that doesn't mean like pulling weeds is just this labor of love that you don't mind doing. You just, you do the things that are necessary. I'm just grateful that I'm in, I'm in a position now that is, the work is coming in and it's a surreal experience. And I just shake my head every morning and just, you know, thank whoever is listening that it, for this opportunity because it's great well yeah like last year was the first year of my life where after i'd finished my first season a friend of mine called uh, and he had started a company where they do improv on cruise ships and it's called beer prov and it's on the msc beer prov sounds it was great sounds like a good time it was a great time but 
I got offered work. And then the Shaw Festival offered me work. And it was it dawned on me that it was the first time in my life that I had a year of work that I didn't have to audition for, that people called me and said, hey, we, we've seen your work or we know of you. We have offers for you. And that, for any artist, is... Is a, is a really beautiful moment of just kind of going, and it's not necessarily to stroke my ego to being like, oh, yes, I am tremendous. Thank you so much for noticing. <laughs> but it's more that idea of I worked so hard, and now there's a real element of uh, momentum that, ha- that yeah, ultimately I, I have no uh, preconceived notions of like, oh, thank goodness, this will last forever. It's that idea of this is great right now. And it'll last, and I get to do Keith uh, Keith Barker's play uh, in in January, and I'm couldn't be more grateful for it. No kidding, great yeah. work, and the caliber of the people you're working with at Shaw are they are the other actors are pretty much all from Canada. I believe so. I, I'm I'm almost positive. Uh, uh, yeah, that everybody's a, a Canadian born. And where do, where does the Shaw Festival stand on the world stage of things? Are we known beyond Canada, beyond Ontario? Uh, truth be told, I couldn't say. I would think so. I mean, I would think so. I'm I'm certainly like certainly the quality that we put out is is world class. I'm definitely I, I have no I have no uh, uh, questions about that. And when I worked on the cruise ships uh, and I told people that I was coming back next season, oh, I'm coming back next season to do Henry V and Hound of the Baskervilles, people were like, oh, yeah. And you go, yeah, I'm at the Shaw Festival. And they go, oh, okay. No, we've been there. And even uh, Americans, because they can just jump up, sure. from, jump up from the States, cross the border and jump into wine country, or they'll come and see one of the most picturesque little towns in the world. Uh, yeah, I think we're we're known. Certainly, in my experience, we're known throughout North America. And I think anyone who likes theater kind of hears about these things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's a lot of theaters I've never been to or festivals in the U.S., but for I've sure. heard of them. Yeah, yeah. I I I think for so many people, I think there's going to be you know like Broadway and Stratford and Shaw in North America. Like, if you're going to see something major, you're probably going to go to one of those three places. Um, I yeah, there's there's a lot of places you can go to see that kind of theater, but I really struggle to to imagine that you're going to find some place like the Shaw. Festival. Well, everyone's top notch. I mean, uh, there the, are top notch people everywhere, but <clears throat> here you have in one the caliber that we have um, is great, and there you know there are great performers everywhere, but we have people that I I get transfixed at, by, and I'm acting across from them. And I'm like, I'm holding on for dear life, trying to be like, I'm going to keep up with you because, you know, I don't want to look like a punk, you know, so I get, but I get to steal, I get to, you know, learn the craft from these people who have their 10,000 hours of stagecraft. And and you go, oh, you're effortlessly doing this. Or what about you is so compelling. Like seems effortless. We've got, you know, Chick Reed and and, and Damian Atkins in in the same play. Damian plays uh, Professor Marcus, who's the 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 leader of uh, of the band of criminals, and Chick Reed is the delightful Mrs. Wilberforce. And you just see the mastery of their timing, of their voices, of their craft, and they're so good. And maybe I'm biased because they're also lovely people, but I've you know, like we've all seen amateur theater and, and that's not to, to naysay or say there isn't good there's amateur some theater. There's great amateur there's theater. Some great stuff. But there's a level where the set designers and the, 
you know, the props masters and, and, and costumes and wardrobe and everything, lights, sounds, and then the actors, and then the scripts are all top tier. These horses are running the fastest that you can see. It's a brilliant experience. And if you want to go to the Shaw Festival, I'd probably the website is shawfest.com. Yeah, shawfest.com. And there's a bus now that you can take from Toronto round trip. Yeah. I looked at it, $25 round trip. Yeah, it's great because you're you're driving into wine country. You drive, yeah, you, know, you don't like, want to drive. You want to you want to be able to go there. Have some wine enjoy and enjoy a good Chardonnay or a Riesling, you know, no peer pressure to each their own if you want to get a Go see the Lady Killer. If you're doing wine, then you should go see the Lady Killers cuz it's You yeah, you it can. will help just but if you're again, if you're not if you're not into the the farcical stuff, come and see sex. Go go, come come and have sex. Sex is yeah, it's good. <laughs> okay. Oh, Chris, you've been really a lot of fun. I really want to thank you for stopping by and taking the time this to come and, and visit with us. I had a great time, Miigwech. And yeah. I look forward to seeing you on the stage at Shaw Festival. Yeah, come and check us out. Oh, I'm going to come check you out, absolutely. No regrets. I look forward to that. Well, thank you very much. Thank Chris, you so kindly. Chris Bowman, Shaw Festival actor. Shaw Festival also actor. Also voiceover artist, puppeteer. Oh, I'm very multifaceted. Improviser. Yeah, I can walk and chew gum. I can do all kinds all of things. All sorts of things. I'm a four-time Harlequin romance novel cover model. I'm, I mean, <laughs> I can really do it all. But come and check us out, shawfest.com. All right. So you've been listening to Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. Thank you for tuning in today. Also, Radio Player Canada app and our website, elementfm.ca. That's E-L-M-N-T-F-M.ca. I'm Kathy Saboke, and it's been my pleasure to fill in as host today for David Moses. Thanks so much for tuning in. This show was brought to you in part by APTN.